0: will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatest of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom establishing and up- uphold it with justice and righteousness from that time on the forever and zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Dear Jesus, we thank you for all you do. I'm glad that you brought us the Bible so we can know everything about you. And and Jesus, thank you for making these people and allow them to have a safe day and a safe night. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: All right. Uh if, if that don't get you in the Christmas spirit, I don't know what will. So thank you, Leah, for doing that for us uh, this morning. This is the first Sunday of Advent, as Scott mentioned. And this is a practice that we steal from our liturgical brothers and sisters. So if you grew up in a Methodist church, Presbyterian uh Episcopal, Lutheran, Catholic, uh, you can thank your ancestors for us. Uh, If you grew up Church of Christ or Baptist or Pentecostal like the other 90% of us, then let me explain what Advent is real quick, just to recap. Uh, Advent is a season of waiting, so we observe it the four Sundays before Christmas, And it celebrates the four things that Jesus brings at his coming. So during Advent, we wait with expectant hope. It's a season of anticipation. And we're anticipating the things that Jesus brings with him, which is love, joy, peace, and hope. And uh, there's an Advent wreath, and the candles all represent something as well. The colors even represent something. The color purple is for royalty. Pink is the candle that we light on the day that we talk about joy. But they also represent uh, the prophecy candle, which was what we lit today, the first candle of Advent, And then there's the Bethlehem candle, the angels' candle, and the shepherds' candle. And each week, we will have our children read uh, the reading that goes along with that particular Sunday, and we'll light the candle, and then we'll talk about it in the message. Of course, our kids are going to be on video this year because we don't know when... Some of us, or all of us, are going to get quarantined again. So uh, we're doing it on video, so Advent is going to be just a little bit different this year. It's going to feel a little bit different, as with everything. How many times have you heard that this year? It's going to feel a little bit different than it has in years past. And that's part of the reason that I'm calling this series The Missing Advent. Although the idea for it came long before any of us knew anything about COVID. Uh, It came last year. There was somebody that, you know, the last two, three years, we've been doing Advent as a church. And uh, last year, somebody came to me after a service and said, hey, I love Advent and, and the themes and the things we talk about. You know, I think it's good, but you also need to keep in mind that many of us don't feel that at this time of year. And they were going through kind of a tough time. In their life, and and they were saying, you know, like they were talking about the paradox of the holidays, and we're all familiar with the paradox of the holiday. You know, it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year, but it's also, for many of us, the loneliness and saddest time of the year. And we feel guilty about that because we we know that we're supposed to be experiencing hope during this time of year and and peace and joy and love and all those things that we talk about at Advent. We're supposed to be feeling those things. And if we don't feel those things, it feels like we're missing something, like we're missing hope or we're missing uh, love, we're missing peace, we're missing joy. And we start wondering if something's maybe wrong with us, if we're not doing this thing right, if maybe our faith is not what it needs to be, and we feel guilty about it. And that kind of got my wheels spinning after they had said that to me. I started thinking, you know, next year when we do Advent, let's call it the missing Advent. And we'll talk about what happens when you're missing hope or you're missing peace, you're missing joy. Like how do you, you know, we'll own it. That's one thing we'll do in this series. But we'll also talk about how do you recapture it. So how do you experience hope in the midst of despair? And how do you experience um, Peace in the midst of turmoil. And how do you experience love when things don't feel very loving right now? Or how do you experience joy when things don't feel very joyful right now? And um, the 2020 came along. Like, I put this on the schedule last year at the end of Advent. And two months later, it all took on a whole new significance. And as we've built towards Advent this year, I was thinking about, like, it's, we've missed a lot of things this year we've missed graduations we've missed family gatherings we've missed birthday parties we've missed weddings we've missed funerals we missed Thanksgiving this week last week we missed Thanksgiving most of us did at least missed it in the sense that we've always celebrated it when I put that out on uh, Facebook just asking because my plans got canceled both of our normal family Thanksgiving for the first time in my 46 years maybe for the first time ever the plans got changed and they got canceled And I put that out on Facebook just thinking maybe I was one of the few that that had happened to, but pretty much everybody that's happened to and um it's it's going to continue like if you think about what's going to happen through the holiday season i'm guessing you haven't been invited to too many holiday parties or too many christmas parties because and that may be a good thing for you i don't know how you feel about those things but but those things are getting canceled and the christmas parade downtown was canceled and the the lighting of the christmas tree that was canceled and our children's christmas play is going to be canceled we're we're still going to do christmas eve i'll talk about that at the end of the message today but but there's so many things like we're missing Christmas, or we're we missing Advent, so how do you recapture hope in a time like this? And it just feels like, it feels like the weight of the world is on our shoulders, because it feels like we hear so many things that are happening to friends or family, people that have lost loved ones, or people that are, that are experiencing a difficult time in this season. Like, how do, you, how do you speak a message of hope into something like that? And to answer that question, I actually want to go to a... Uh, a poet and a prophet. Okay, the poet is a Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. The prophet is Isaiah. And we'll start with the prophet. Okay, Isaiah is, is kind of the, the prophet of Christmas, if you will. We always read Isaiah 7 and Isaiah 9. If you've been, Any Christmas Eve service you've ever been to reads the words of Isaiah 9. But here's the context in which he wrote those words. Isaiah was a prophet at the time when it felt like It seemed like the entire world was unraveling because his world was unraveling. The nation of Israel had split into a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. So God's people were actually divided and the northern kingdom was now in exile. There were no good kings in the northern kingdom. They all did evil in the eyes of the Lord and because of that God had handed them over to the Assyrians and so the people of God who had been promised this land, their entire story is built upon this land that they're going to receive from God. They spent 40 years in, in exile in the wilderness waiting on this land they've inherited the land and now they've lost it and they've been marched into exile away from their home and the southern kingdom is now being threatened with the same thing because the Babylonians are at the door of the southern kingdom. And Isaiah is warning them of what is going to happen. So the first 39 chapters of the book of Isaiah are all warnings and judgments and prophecies saying, if you continue in this path that you're in, you are going to end up in exile as well. If you continue to oppress the poor, if you continue to practice injustice, if you continue to do evil on the eyes of the Lord, you are going to end up in exile. And that's exactly what happens. So the first half of Isaiah is is a a word of judgment, a word of warning. But the second half of Isaiah, interestingly enough, is a word of hope. And it's because Isaiah writes it in kind of two parts. The first part, he's talking about here's what's going to happen if you don't change your ways. And then they don't change their ways and they end up in exile. And the second part, Isaiah holds out hope that there is still a Messiah coming. There's a messianic king who's going to come and rescue Israel. Even though Israel can't see it right now, even though Israel is in exile right now, even though the entire world is unraveling right now. There is a messianic king coming. And so Isaiah holds out hope. There was hints of hope in the early part there. The the passage that Leah read, I love that phrase, like the government will be on his shoulders. Because in Israel's time, the government was oppressing the people of Israel. Not only their own government, but the government of the Assyrians and the government of the Babylonians. And and Isaiah is saying the government will rest upon the Messiah of this messianic king. There is hope. Good things are coming. And in chapter 40, he starts speaking of the comfort that is coming to God's people. Now, it, this is, I'm going to read this passage. It's a familiar passage. It's, it's my dad's favorite passage, actually. It's on a plaque. He's got on a picture on, in his office. And uh, it, we, we love this passage and find it very encouraging. I want you to try to imagine how it would have felt to, to hear it while exiled. Because that's when the, the Israelites were hearing these words of Isaiah. It's, it's very difficult to hear words of hope. When everything around us is fear and worry. And um, we're in a kind of a similar situation now. Like everything around us is fear and worry. Constant fear and worry. Constant fear and worry. And it's, it's really, hope is really elusive at those times. But that's the time we need it the most. And so Isaiah acknowledges that in chapter 40. But he also gives the Israelites a way to find hope. And here's what he says. Starting in verse 26. He says, lift up your eyes. And look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them name by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. He's speaking to their despair. That's verse twenty-seven. There, he's speaking to their despair because when hope eludes us, that's what we think. We start thinking in our minds that we we start complaining against our God, and we start thinking, does He doesn't care for us? He doesn't He doesn't love us? He has no regard for our struggles and our and our suffering. You know, why is He not answering our prayers? Why does He seem to ignore or forsake us? And so ja- uh, Jacob, Israel, is asking these questions of. Um, excuse me, Isaiah is asking these questions of Israel, and he's asking, why do you feel this way about God? Look up to the heavens. Look up to the God who created the heavens and the earth. And he continues in verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired and weary. And his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. He's writing to them in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of despair, in the midst of sadness. He's writing to them and saying, put your hope in the Lord. Because those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not be faint. Lift up your eyes to God. Because even though you can't see how he could possibly deliver you right now. Even though you have no understanding of how that could happen. Even though you think that there's no way God even cares right now. He will do so. And we talked about that. The songs we sang this morning actually talked about that. the video we watched this morning talked about that. But we talked last week how God always finishes what he starts so God is the Redeemer, and redemption is coming. God is the Deliverer, and deliverance is coming. Even in the midst of difficult times, you have to look for that, just that little bit of light. And, and that little bit of light is the hope that we have. Now The light doesn't uh, ignore the darkness, but it gives us a little bit of hope that something better is coming. That's where the, uh, the poet comes in several years ago uh, casting crowns did a song that was their version of a song I heard the bells on Christmas Day and uh, I'd never really paid any attention to that song before uh, I just it wasn't one of the carols that I really cared for but when you hear casting crowns version of it it's like they do uh, they got a children's choir and they've got an orchestra and the music swells at the end and it's like when I heard their version on the radio I immediately got interested in the lyrics. And for the first time, I think, I listened to the lyrics of I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. And, of course, the lyrics, it's not a song that was written. It's a poem that was written by Longfellow. And the lyrics got me interested in the story. And if you look up the story, uh, Longfellow wrote this poem on December, Christmas Day of 1863. I think about what was going on in our country in eighteen sixty-three. The world was unraveling at the seams. This nation had divided into north and, South. and there was a battle being waged that no, they thought this was going to be a month or two-month-long battle. And it had now stretched into years, and it was going to stretch into even more years. This is right in the middle of the Civil War. And uh, there's incredible suffering that's going on throughout the country. There's incredible injustices that are being done throughout the country, incredible oppression. And uh, homes are torn apart, churches are torn apart, families are torn apart. And in addition to that, Longfellow had experienced two tragedies of his own. In in 1861, two years before, his wife Fanny had died when her dress caught on fire. And Longfellow was injured trying to put it out. He actually grew the beard later in his life to hide the scars that he suffered from the fire. Because of the fire, he was not able to attend her funeral. And he later said he was afraid for the couple years after her passing, he was afraid that he would be put into an asylum because of his grief. In December of 1863, his son Charlie was badly injured in a skirmish uh, in the Civil War and he came within just an inch of being paralyzed for the rest of his life. For the, for the longest part of their recovery, they didn't think that he would recover. And so in December, Longfellow got word of his son being injured and then on Christmas Day, he is in his hometown and the bells are ringing out. And they're ringing out the news of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And Longfellow hears that and asks, how could that possibly be? How could there possibly be peace on earth? In the midst of his personal tragedies, in the midst of his suffering, in the the midst of all the injustice and the wrong and the unfairness, how could there possibly be goodwill towards men? And Longfellow sat down and tried to record his, his words in a poem. That later became the song, and I want to read it to you and listen to the honesty in what he's saying. He starts out with the part that you are all familiar with. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old, familiar carols play. And wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song. Of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. A voice, a chime, a chant sublime. Of peace on earth, goodwill to men. We we know those words. Those are the words of hope. Those are the words of expectation. Those are the words of joy and peace. That's what we celebrate on Christmas. But then Longfellow turns to the world around him and what he's experienced personally. And he says, Then from each... Black, accursed mouth, the cannon thundered in the south. And with the sound, the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth. I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then peeled the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Longfellow's words remind me of the prophet in Isaiah Hope is hard to see when the circumstances around us are anything but hopeful. But it's in those times that we have to look to the heavens. We have to look to our God and trust that he will deliver on his promises. That he will bring us through. That in spite of our loss in exile, hope remains. That we see a little bit of light despite the darkness. And the light doesn't ignore the darkness and the light doesn't diminish the darkness. But the light will eventually overcome the darkness. Because God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. He does not give up upon his people he is not tired or weary. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They will walk and not grow weary, run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. We have to continue looking to God, even in the times where we struggle to look to God. Is the times that we look to Him the most? Let's pray together, Fathers. Uh, I wrote this message this week had a good friend who lost a brother had a uh, several members in this family here at this church that a father had a, had a stroke and was in the hospital and uh, a father lost a battle to COVID and uh, other family members struggling in this time and it just it reminded me of how difficult it is to experience hope and joy at a time when we feel like we're supposed to experience hope and joy and, and we live in this fallen world and we live in a world of sin and death and we we live in this world where there's still suffering and pain but we do put our hope in the words of Isaiah in the words of the prophet that that a Messiah is coming and we know he's come that's what we celebrate at Advent we know that the Messiah has come and Emmanuel has come and and you're now with us and your spirit's been given to us to to help us walk through this world but Advent God not only recognizes the birth of Jesus but it recognizes your second coming there is another coming of the Messiah that we are waiting on and at that coming You will wipe all the tears from every eye and you will end all of this suffering and end all of the pain and end all of the injustice and end all of the death because the curse will come to an end. And Father, we wait on that coming as well. We remember that coming as we we read these passages and we light these candles and we focus upon these themes. We know that in the end, faith, hope and love will remain And the greatest of these is love. And we thank you for the love that you showed us through your son, Jesus, who gives us life in you and gives us the ability to hope in you even when our circumstances don't uh, allow us to do so as we want to. Father, be with all those who are hurting uh, at this time of year and grant them some hope in you. It's through the name of your son, Jesus, I pray these things. Amen.